You're listening to Forever Garnet and Black with Dakota and Matt. If I had to ask you, sir, Matt Cather, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in the Gamecock defense coming into this year? What would you say? Ooh, coming out hot. Uh, a 6. A 6? It's a little harsh, ain't it? Yeah, not it's really. not great. Well, it's I kinda, because... I kinda, I've got to agree with your number, but go ahead. Yeah, it's just because there's there's holes in certain places, and then there's players in certain places that I'm really... I have no no issues, no if ands, or buts, I guess, question them about them. But my problem is, you know me, I believe that it all starts, and I think we, you know, everybody says this really, you know, everybody, it always starts with the defense line. And um, if you don't have a great defense line, which I think it's safe to say we'll get into that, but I don't think we have a stellar defense line. Certainly or, not proven. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of question marks. So, if uh, there's questions on the defense line aspect of the game, uh, that already bumps you down a couple notches because I think that's where it always starts. This is uh, Forever Garnet and Black with Dakota Matt. I'm Dakota Watson here with Matt Cather. Talking a little Gamecock defense today coming into 2017. We're, what, just a week out? Looks Man. like a week and two. What, we got nine days till the first game? Yeah, you know, I mean, we for us. No, ten know, days. Ten days. For us, at least. But do we do have some games coming up this Good weekend. Good point. But uh, obviously, it's all about the Gamecocks. College football is almost back, baby. I'm yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Bits. That's what we're talking about today is Gamecock defense and how confident we are coming into this <clears> season. It's supposed to be a much improved defense from last year, from everything we've heard, which is a sigh of relief, I guess. It'd be we'd be in some serious trouble if the uh, coaches we're talking about were taking a step back because we're yeah. losing a bunch of players. But we are losing people. Uh, I guess three of our top five tacklers and five of our top nine tacklers from last year, the 2016 season, are gone. So somebody has to step up, and it does start with that defensive line. We can go ahead and start talking about that right off the bat. Um, last year, South Carolina finished, I guess, tied for 11th uh, in sacks in the SEC with 21. Only had 21 sacks of defense last year, and nine of those came from Darius English, who is no longer on the team. He's graduated. Uh, so that's a, that's almost half of the sacks last year that are gone uh, just from one player. Jonathan Walton also gone, um, who had you know a, a sack and a half. Same with Marcavius Lewis, sack and a half gone. So all they have returning from the defensive line standpoint – um, Sack-wise, Taylor Stallworth had one, York Jones, none. Uh, DJ Wanham had one and a half, and Dante Sawyer, one. Those are your presumed starting four defensive line, linemen. A combined six career sacks for the projected starting lineup with Dante oh, Sawyer. Yes, with Dante Sawyer leading the way with 3.5. So obviously some room for growth there on the defensive line from a pressuring the quarterback standpoint. And I think that's going to be a huge key to this this year's success, as it is usually every year, but I think even more so this year because of really the lack of proven talent on the defensive line coming back. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about it. I mean, it's point pretty plain and simple. Uh, when you look at, you know, we did our offensive preview recently, and it was the same situation. When you look at it across the board, you're really optimistic. But you're a little worried about the offensive line. I'm really optimistic about the offense, but a little bit less on the defensive side. I got optimism when it comes to the linebackers, especially when it comes to the secondary. <clears throat> but I'm really, I'm really nervous about. I'll be real. I'm a little nervous to see what uh, what the defense lines got. I, I trust me. I'll be the first one to say 
Uh, the recruiting has been solid. I mean, I expect, I think we have the players definitely to uh, have a solid season. Um, but there's no question that's the biggest question mark coming into the season. And we're, we're really going to have a lot of answers, for, I think, in the first couple games. Would you say, just to sneak over back into the offense side, would you say you're more worried about the defensive line or offensive line coming into this year? Because mm. I know my answer for sure. Uh, that's a tough question, really. I I would want to say offensive line because I want somebody to tech, protect Jake Bentley, and I think that um, there's a lot there's a lot there that we could work with um, when it comes to the, just the weapons on it. But I would go defense because that that my what I just said. I think if anything, we can deal with a little bit weaker line because of the, the talent that Jake Bentley has to expose for him, that he can get rid of the ball a little bit faster or, or do whatever, you know, keep him on edge with some screens or something. Um, but, you know, we were we were pretty bad last year when it comes to, to getting pressure on the quarterback, making big-time stops, and to make that – got to take that jump. And then especially in SEC, you know, um, I think for us to – be successful, you you got to have a strong defense line, and I think that's usually one of the biggest keys, if not the biggest thing for having a solid football. And you look at teams in the past that have done very well. You look at teams, and I like to think of like teams in the professionals and NFL that have done very well, like back when the Giants made that Super Bowl run. That off that defense line was where it all started, and I think it starts on the defense, most importantly on the defensive line. So here's the good news that I'm, I'm looking at now as I look through who I've got as pro the probable defensive starters. I'm going to read you the uh, years that each of these starters are. So you've got senior, 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 sophomore on the defensive line, senior, sophomore, senior at linebacker, junior, senior, junior, senior, and then you know maybe a freshman, true freshman starting at nickel. But either way, look at all those, those upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, and especially on the defensive line. So if you're worried mm -hmm. about the defensive line, the one good thing is They've been around. They, they should know what they're doing at this point. They've played a lot of football in their lives. Dante Sawyer, York Jones, and Taylor Starworth, all seniors and all probably going to start on the defensive line. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing we definitely have going for us is you know, senior leadership, I guess you could say. And that say. works with the offensive line as well. We talked about that in our last thing. But um, I think Dante Sawyer was one guy in particular that Will Muschamp said really need to have a big year, and I agree. But I'm also going to go – if you look at the backup defensive lineman, I think Shamik Blackshear is the biggest name that you will notice immediately. He's a redshirt sophomore. I think he needs to also have a huge year because you know when defensive when it comes to defensive line, you're, you're going to play probably you know seven eight guys regularly all the time. They're going to get a ton of snaps, and I think he's going to see a lot. And I think he needs to have a really big season for the Gamecocks. He played minimal snaps last year, um, had only two tackles the entire season, if I'm looking at that correctly. But uh, I think he should really find a, his spot, and he'll have plenty of chances to step up. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got one of them who maybe could step up and, and be a really big key to this thing. You know, he was a second-team All-SEC, freshman second-team All-SEC, I should say. Um, he kind of specializes in getting after the quarterback. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully, if anything, you got those guys that can wear him down and bring him as a change-up guy. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a plenty of rotation. And, you know, on top of that, with Ken Law coming in, and then you also got Kier Thomas. will bring in a little bit more pressure. Uh, he's he's a little he's pretty fast for a defensive end. So yeah, definitely don't forget about these new guys. I like that you brought up Ken Law. Went to the practice mm -hmm. last night, and he just looks massive. 
Like, uh, if he could clog the holes, which I think is what he's going to have to try to do, which I think he'll have success doing, I think that'll certainly help out the rest of the defensive line and the linebackers. Brad Johnson, also a freshman coming in. Uh, Damani Staley coming in as a freshman. I think there's some guys who ha- will have the opportunity and to see some serious minutes pretty early on in the season to prove whether or not they're ready for big boy college football. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially on the defensive line, that's the that's the one spot you could uh, really rotate a lot of guys in and out because one, they need to rest their big boys. They do a lot of grinding. Secondly, um, you know, there's four. There's there's a lot of people there, so you need to do. To play this high pace of SEC football, you got to have a lot of a solid rotation. Really, eight ro- eight men, you know. Um, so these guys are going to get their chances. There's no question about that. There's no question they're going to get their chances. Um, well, we'll see if they're ready to go. I, I definitely agree that when, what you said earlier about defensive line being the most important part to this Gamecock defense. But the good news is for the defensive line, they've got a lot of experience and a lot of talent right behind them. Not only at linebacker, but also in the defensive backfield. We'll go ahead and move over to the linebacker spot and talk about these guys for a minute. The, the, the even better news of this Gamecock defense is Sky Moore did miss all of last season, but he decided to redshirt and return, which it could not be a bigger boost for this Gamecock defense. You're pretty much getting a five-star linebacker back for another year that you might not even, you could argue you shouldn't even have. So Sky Moore, again, they're going to move him from middle to probably strong side linebacker is what it looks like. Uh, we'll see how he adjusts to that, and we'll see if he's 100% healthy. If he returns to Sky Moore from two years ago, he could be a dominant SEC defensive player of the year type guy. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think that's the thing you're looking at this team coming into the season on defense side of the ball where you're really, really excited. I mean, I'm, yeah, I know I said this earlier, but I'm chomping at the bits to see how Sky Moore performs more importantly and how he's going to lead this team on the defensive side of the ball. And I think, man, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's more of a blessing in disguise that we lost you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think it's a blessing in disguise that Scott Moore had to sit out last year. Um, I like where this team is heading. I think this is a good football team. I think it's a pretty good football team. And with his addition, I think puts us up there where, you know, his presence on the field alone could win us a game or two. I couldn't agree more with you about the blessing in disguise thing because without if you take away Sky Moore from that defense – no, just take him away from the linebacking core, and you really start having some questions there at linebacker. I mean, the linebacker depth is probably as thin as just about any position on the field, but the starting linebackers are are as talented as any position on the field. So it's it's an interesting uh, combination of what you have there. It depends on how many snaps these guys can play and how effectively they can play because they're going to be in there almost every play on defense, and they're going to have to be. I mean, you lost you lost your best player on defense last year, so you know it's it's nothing. I mean, this guy's three interceptions away from tying USC's career leader in, in, in ITs. Which is interesting that you bring that up because South Carolina, as, as shaky as they were at times on defense, actually finished uh, tied for third in the entire SEC in interceptions last year with 15. So you bring back a guy in Sky Moore who tends to be a bit of a, a ball hawk. Maybe he can come in and even up that number more and South Carolina could be towards the top of the SEC again in interceptions. I mean, you can go back to that UNC game years ago. When he's, I mean, the first single game of the season, won that game. single-handedly won that game. Two There's interceptions no in the, the end red zone. zone. Yeah, in the yeah. end zone, I think they were in the end zone. They were yes, absolutely red zone for sure. You know, <laughs> but right. yeah, I mean, that alone, I mean, that tells you the impact of what he does, and you know, to to be the leading tackler for Carolina his sophomore and junior year, well, that's a big hole they lost, big hole, and you know, assume if anything, he's gonna be even even better. I mean, he had time to sit back, 
really, I think, study. Study, you know, what, look at film and get ready. Um, sometimes you ain't been able – there's a lot going on during the season, and it's unfortunate he had to take a year off, essentially. But like I said, I think it is a blessing in disguise, and I think he learned a lot. I think he learned a lot, and I think it's going to really, really help him. I also think that it could have been a blessing in disguise for guys like Bryson Al Williams and T.J. Brunson, the other two starting linebackers, because it forced those guys to step up last year. Mm-hmm. T.J. Brunson, again, not getting a ton of time on the field, but enough to say that he's now you know, somewhat experienced in, in game situations. Bryson Al Williams was forced, literally, to step up and be the guy on defense, at least in the linebacking core, and I think he did that last year. He's second on the team in tackles with 75. So I, I think, and you saw him step up in big moments. He's able to rush the passer at times. Uh, he, again, had a couple interceptions. I remember the one in the Clemson game where he batted up and fell down. And, you know, had a really nice interception. Kind of gave us a little bit of hope in that game, but we know what happened at the end of that mm-hmm. one. Uh, but, again, I do think that this is going to be huge for guys like Bryce Now Williams, TJ Brunson, who can now step back in alongside Sky Moore and form a really, really nice trio of, of linebackers for this Gamecock defense. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that, like I said, did some pretty good things. Uh, like you said, the tackles also was – Eight and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks last year. So you know they're going to send them a little bit on the blitz, and it'll be big. You know, th- if there's one thing that you could take away from Sky Moore being back, is my personal opinion is now this opens up South Carolina to bring a little bit more pressure, bring a little bit more pressure because last year, let's be real, they sent five, six. <laughs> they better get there because there's going to be a lot of people open, but. You got a guy that could really cover the fear in Sky Moore, and and then with all the the talent on the outside itself, I think that's a little low key, a, a low low key thing that n- nobody really is gonna thinking about. But I expect to see Bryson to be blitzing a lot, and I think uh, I think he, gonna honestly, him. especially at the beginning, I think he's gonna have to because this defensive line is so inexperienced. He's probably going to have to to be rushing the passer at least. They're going to send a five amount. a lot. I agree, and I think the good news is they have a defensive backfield and linebacker group who can cover a lot of ground. Uh, but just to reiterate how important Sky Moore is to this defense, 2015 Sky Moore had 110 total tackles, four interceptions, and you're getting that back to a defense after taking a full year off for Sky Moore because of the neck injury. You're getting 110 tackles back on a team whose leading tackler last year had 80. So yeah. that's 30 extra tackles for your leading tackler or returning tackler. That's just really big for this defense. But like I mentioned, um, the good news is, again, that there's a lot of experience now as we transition over uh, in, our, in our conversation here to the defensive backfield. You've got Rashad Fenton, Jr., DJ Smith, Sr., uh, Steven Montag, Jr., and Jamarcus King, a senior. And don't forget about Chris Lamont as well, who's probably going to shift over and play safety this year um, and start alongside DJ Smith. We'll see how that turns out. But, and then you might have a true freshman step in there at nickel. Uh, and Jamias Williams, but look at all those sen- juniors and seniors at every single position so far on defensive backfield. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a defense that, like you said, was brought in a bunch of interceptions, 22nd in the in the country last year. And in, in, uh, for a defense that struggled, that's a good number. Well, you know, I guess it could, can go hand in hand though too. Uh, maybe that was because they had the balls. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the, yeah, they were on the field a lot. But if that's so. the case, their sack should have been higher. So you can look well, at that like that <clears throat> way too. I agree, hundred percent. That's a whole other. You know, I agree. Um, but so uh, it'll be nice to maybe keep that defense off the field as much this year. But if they are on the field, I have total confidence in 
in the secondary too. I expect big things out of Jamarcus Keene. I really think he's going to have a huge year. I really saw, especially at ten, you know the Tennessee game that uh, the UMass game he played really well. Um, yeah, I know it is UMass, but that makes a difference. He really carried that in the second half of the season. The starting corners, Jamarcus King and Rashad Fenton, are really talented corners, and I think they're kind of underrated. When you when you hear their names, you don't go, oh, yeah, those are lockdown corner guys. But I think especially Jamarcus King has the ability to be a shutdown corner. I think Rashad Fenton's not far behind. I think he could also do the same this year. If they both are able to step up, I think this could be a really good defensive uh, backfield. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you. I'm telling you this. This is where it's. This is where it's going to get interesting. Um, you know, I, I I start off this show talking about how the defense line. You know, you question a little bit. You know, we'll see. There's a lot of names there that you think are gonna that could really show up and do good things, but when you look past that and you look at the linebackers, you look at the corners, you're like, man, this this. Looking at that aspect of it, this team it's has. Excited. No, yeah, the team has a very has a good chance of having a very solid defense. And, um, you know, we, we've been talking about it for a while. We're, we're more confident in the offense. But, I mean, do not be surprised if you see this defense take a big jump this year, especially under – well, because of the talent, because it's got more back, and more importantly because it's the second year under Wills Muschamp. You know, he's finally getting to be able to implement his defense and really um, put his – you know, as much as people want to give anything, if anybody want to give Coach Muschamp, Muschamp um, I guess you could say crap or whatever the heck it is, you know, give him a little bit of shade. Uh, there's one thing you can't do is this defensive IQ is, is very high, very high. So I, that's a great thing. And, you know, he's going to rub that off on T-Rob. And, and, and definitely I expect to see that the, the difference of just having Will Muschamp and that coaching staff around for – that another year, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's where it takes a jump as well. I agree. And when you have a guy like Chris Lamonds, who is a who was a very good corner last year and the year before, he's been he's been really solid for the Gamecock defense. When you feel confident enough in Jamarcus King and Rashad Fenton, especially to be able to move Chris Lamonds, probably your best defensive back, over to safety and try a new position this year, that sh- that shows a lot about what the uh, coaches think about King and Fenton coming into this year. So Chris Lamonts and DJ Smith are going to be probably the starting safeties this year, and again that's another strength. DJ Smith, I think, as uh, the leading returning tackler, I think he was the guy who had 80 last year that I mentioned before. Uh, and Chris Lamonts again, he's going to have to transition. He said he's, it's going very well. The coaches said it's going very smoothly. Uh, clearly, he's you know extremely versatile if you can switch that easily in that in that year. But um, if Chris Lamonts does move to safety 100% and doesn't play nickel, that leaves Jamias Williams, the true freshman coming in, four star. Um, corner to start at Nickelback so that'll be one of the only inexperienced positions uh in the defense for the Gamecocks yeah I mean and then you I mean you got guys like Fenton who could potentially be all SEC type players which there's no question about that um if they could build off the year I I expect I, I really I expect big things out of the secondary I really do and again that goes hand in hand as a unit the entire defense they can really help out the the entire defense, can really help out the defensive line. If they can't get pressure on the quarterback, they can give them an extra second or two this year because I think their coverage will be really good. It'll be a lot it'll be much improved from last year. So that in turn helps the defensive line. They give them an extra second to get to the quarterback and maybe that's all they need, especially the first few games while they get their feet wet again this year. 
and get some confidence underneath them if they can get a couple early sacks against this NC State team, who has a pretty good defensive line themselves from what I hear. But, um, again, if we can now move over to the um, special teams aspect of it, if you want to. I've heard pretty solid things from special teams. I'm really interested to see who's going to be in the return game. Uh, we've got several guys who could contribute. Guys like Debo Samuel, who did it last year, Rashad Fenton, helped in punt return, who did really well last year. A.J. Turner did kick return last year. You have a guy like Jemias Williams coming in, who's supposedly extremely fast. Guys like Shai Smith, who could help out. A lot of options there. So I'm curious to see what they do. I saw Rashad Fenton was the punt returner yesterday uh, during practice. I didn't see their actual starting kick return team out there, so I'm not sure where they're going to use there. I assume Debo Samuel will be out there, potentially A.J. Turner again. I think you're in good hands either way in the return game, and I think there could be some huge explosive Ace Sanders-type plays coming out of these guys during the uh, return game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I think there's the one thing I'll say about that, and I won't get in too involved with it because – I think we have plenty of people that can handle the ball that will be able to take punts or kicks. I, I'm not too worried about that when it comes down to it. I mean, uh, personally, um, I thought A.J. Turner did a really good last, job last year on kickoffs and stuff. I kind of like the idea of having maybe a Turner or a Shai Smith back there because um, why maybe risk having Fenton back there, taking a big shot for no or reason? Or Debo for that. Yeah, you know. I mean, when you got guys that are – uh, I hate to say this, but when you got third string guys essentially who are just as effective as the first team guys, no, that's definitely the coach's thinking. Why not use them, right? Yeah, not why they're there for a reason. There's no reason. I've never been a big fan of and and I I've never been a big fan of using secondary guys as punt returners, even though well, like a lot of people argue. Well, yeah, I'm sure he did punt returns and stuff during high school because he was probably the best player, you know. And there's no question that corners are probably the most athletic guys on the field. Um, but they also don't take hits as much, you know. And they don't catch the ball every day. Yeah, practice. and they don't so catch the ball yeah. every day. So, so I get that. That's why a guy like an A.J. Turner or Debo Samuel I think would be perfect for a return game. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd love to see Jemias Williams out there or Shai Smith just to see. I get nervous with freshmen, though, too. I do too, especially in big games. But I get big that. games, man, punt returns. You got them guys coming running down the field, so you know, wait till the second week maybe to try to incorporate those guys. Yeah, and you know, and sometimes people are trying to be a hero and want to make a big play, and probably shouldn't have took that punt or fielded that punt. Mm-hmm. No, um, I get it. I, I definitely th- would rather have somebody like AJ Turner or Rashad Finn back there who's done it before for the first few yeah. games at least. But from what it seems like. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fenton back there taking him. And don't forget, Chris Lamont, had a, I think he had a touchdown return, uh, maybe in that bowl game as well, and they put him back there every now and again to return. So I think they've got plenty of options back there. Uh, I did hear good Well, I things. remember back when, you know, the one game, A.J. Turner took it like 80 yards on the kickoff. He got stopped, like, I think, at like the five-yard line. Uh, but uh, there's definitely definitely uh, plenty plenty of options when it comes to the special teams. The one thing I am worried about that, that we didn't really touch on is um, looking at the linebacker core, it's phenomenal, but if somebody does get hurt, there's not much there to replace it. So the depth for me on the defensive side really isn't an issue in the secondary, but that could you know that could change real fast. Corners can get hurt easily, um, but there's some might be a little bit of depth issues when it compared to the offensive side of the ball. So that's the only thing I am a little worried about. I think on the defensive. On the defensive line, we got plenty of plenty of rotations, but we just don't know what these guys can do, you know. 
Um, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be stuck out right in the fire, no doubt, right off the bat. Yeah. Um, sticking with the special teams real quick, I did hear really good things about the punting situation. Looks like Joseph Charlton, who's a redshirt sophomore, is gonna man the punting duties. Uh, there is still apparently a slight kicking uh, controversy, if you want to call it that. Competition's the better word I'm looking for there between um, true or I guess redshirt freshman, I believe maybe true freshman Alexander Wozniak and uh, Parker White. Those are the two guys I've heard are still battling it out. During the preseason, I think camp just ended yesterday, but they're still going to battle it out. I don't think a kicker's been named. Um, I have heard that Elliot Fry, now the school's all-time leading point scorer, said that Alec Wozniak was better than he was yeah. at that stage as a kicker. Yeah, I was going to say, um, from what it's seeming like, um, was it's his job to lose. That's what I've heard for sure, but at this point, you got to be at least 1% nervous that he hasn't went ahead and named... Wozniak, the starting kicker, if he's supposed to be that good. You know, if he's supposed to be that good, why isn't he already named the starting kicker? We're uh, only 10 days out from the game here. Hey, you need competition. You see what Aguayo's doing. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. No, I get it. Um, but, yeah, Elliot Fry even went as far as to say that, oh, this guy's for sure going to break my record, which is, if you hear that, you, you hear that about a, what, 18-year-old coming out of high school, that this guy's for sure going to be the all-time points leader at South Carolina when he leaves. Sounds pretty impressive. Sky's but, uh, the limit, right? Hasn't played, hasn't played a snap yet. Hasn't kicked it, uh, one extra point yet. So we will see. I won't say anything. I'm not the, you know, um, I'm not the one watching him in practice every day. <laughs> That's a good point. So we'll see with that uh, kicking competition. We'll see. I did see uh, White kick about a right out of 59 or 60 yard field goal yesterday. Missed it to the left, but had the distance by about two or three yards. That Wait a minute. Pretty impressive. Uh, a what? Yeah, he could have made it from about 62 yards. Well, that's why he's got he a competition the then. Yeah. So that's, I didn't even really know who he was. Saw him yesterday, and I, I was like, oh, I'm surprised I'm not letting the other Wozniak guy kick. And all of a sudden, he booted it, and I was like, oh, my goodness, that thing would have gone from 62. <laughs> Missed it, but just to the left. He had the distance. So that's impressive. Well, that's always good enough. You might see, like, a long-distance uh, kicker type that situation does with that. That happen does happen in the a lot. Yeah, that does. Um, and, you know, in college football, ask NC State, ask them all. Um, having a decent kicker makes a difference. Oh, yeah, it does. Ask Vandy last year in L.A. Fry. Yeah. Hit a 50-something yard field goal for the win. Yeah, no no question about it. I mean, uh, he's won us some games in the past. Uh, having a kicker, as much as people forget about him, uh, uh, you need a really, really good kicker uh, to be successful. So, to end it with this, uh, what's your overall feeling? What would you, you know, you never, we never came around. We started off the thing asking me how I felt, which would it on the one, scale one to ten? Yeah, you gave me the answer of six, I believe. That was your go-to. Uh, I, I said I liked your call there. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go one step further and say seven, but yeah. that's as high as I'll go. The reason I'll give you the seven is because of these linebackers that we talked about and these defensive backs, who are I think people are sleeping on these defensive backs. I think they could be really good. Um, I think they could be excellent for sure. You've got depth there, too, honestly. You've got decent depth. Javon Charleston just earned a scholarship last night, I believe, during practice. Uh, Jalen Dickerson's back there. He's going to be a freshman. Jamias Williams is a freshman. We talked about that. Um, There's plenty of talent. I believe you still have Antoine Wilder still there. I believe he's a sophomore or something, sophomore, junior. So I think you've got a lot of uh, talent back there depth-wise. Again, linebacker depth will be a question. Also, the offense should be able to control the ball. So I don't think the defense will be on the field as much. Yes. That's why I'm, they're going to get a little more break, I hope. That's, that's the plan for this game. Cock team is to be on the offense more than defense this year. Uh, but So I think the defense should have more time on the sideline to make adjustments and have time off and come back each series you know, strong and ready to roll. Yeah. So I think that's why I go seven here. 
Now, if they come out and it's less than a seven, I would not be surprised because there's a lot of question marks, especially around the defensive line and, and linebacker depth. But besides that, I think it's, it could be a very much improved defense. And, you know, that's one thing I'll say <clears throat> is you look at it, these guys, if we could be able to do what we did and make forced turnovers like we did last year and keep the defense off the field and accomplish that at the same time, I think the, the sky's the limit. Why not? Quite literally, sky's the limit with Scott mm-hmm. Moore returning. So uh, that's that's going to about wrap us up here. I think we're both pretty optimistic for a defense that did not do so well last year. Uh, but, again, I think this Gamecock team will go as far as this defense and specifically defensive line can carry it. That's, well, I'm putting it, that's how I'm going to put it. Well, since we did our previews, I got one more for it. Hit me. What is your projection for the season? Man, that's tough. We could do a we could do a separate podcast breakdown game by game if we want to, but I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say I think we get to seven wins, and the reason is, and I think eight is possible. I think you could get six or seven in the regular season, go to a bowl game, and get that extra win there. So I'm going to put it seven, seven and a half. Fair <laughs> that's enough. how many wins I think we come out with, and I think Gamecock fans are going to be okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Get us back to a bowl game, get a, get another win or two to to add to that. Maybe give us over five hundred, and we're going to keep. This this program is going to get back to where the Gamecocks could absolutely surprise some people this year with eight wins, and I I wouldn't. Don't be surprised if they win the Hey, from what I'm hearing, the people East are saying they're, the Gamecock could now be a sleeper for the East if they come out and and you start off hot, three and uh, one, four and zero. Oh, who knows? I think there's a lot of people out there that sees what this offense can do, and if it if the defense is solid, right, and well, and you've this got, team could be very good. Don't forget, you've got Georgia and Florida late in the season this yeah. year, so you could go into the last four weeks of this season. With two extremely important games with the East, really pretty up for grabs. Yeah, I think at that point, absolutely. I think that's probably how we'll see it. And I think the Georgia and Florida games, as long as you don't slip up against a Vandy, Kentucky, and maybe if you could pull one against Tennessee this year again, I think if as long as you cover those things, then when you come late in the season, four weeks left, you should have an SEC East title at least within distance. At least a race. Right, I agree. So we'll uh, keep all that in mind. We'll keep you updated. We'll probably do another podcast about our outlook on the football season. We've only got about ten days here. It looks like. Give or take a couple. Oh, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready. We're ready to be in Charlotte. We're itching here. Oh, yeah. Classes start tomorrow. We're ready to roll. So this has been another episode of Forever Garnet and Black with Dakota and Matt. Thanks for listening.